I just want to say real quick, how about those Chiefs? I, I got to say, when we made those predictions last week, I didn't re- actually think you were going to be almost dead nuts on your prediction as far as the score went. Yeah, I was pretty satisfied with that, actually. I mean, I was happy the Chiefs won, of course, but I was like, wow, I was almost right on the nose with that. So uh, for those of you who missed the last show, uh, I predicted the final score to be 24-21 in the Super Bowl. Uh, it was 25-22 in favor of the Chiefs. So I wasn't right on the nose, but uh, I was about as close as you can get without being right on. Yeah, it uh, it, it was a, overall was a good game. I enjoyed it. Uh, real quick shout-out to my boy Travis Kelsey. And to Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes on getting ring number three. With that being said, let's start the fucking show. All right, and we are back. So, of course, we talked about it last week that... If it was a pretty quiet week in the NHL, I would just do a solo show. Wouldn't be much of a big deal. We would just kind of roll with it like that. But this week in hockey was an absolute tire fire. So we had to wait till you got back from your little trip you guys took, Andrew. Um, but we have a lot to go over this week. So I want to jump right into it without any hesitation. Uh, first of all, real quick, how was your trip? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, first time in L.A. Uh, I got to see some pretty cool things. I mean, we went out there to see some family um, but you know, I was like, I'm not going to LA for the first time and not go sightseeing. So I got to see some pretty cool things. Uh, I stayed as far away from the LA Kings as I could while I was there. Yeah. You don't want your goaltending to dry up. Yeah. I just got to say that whole city is absolutely decked out head to toe and Shohei Otani stuff right now. That is all Dodgers right now. Uh, but overall great trip, but I'm happy to be home. We just got home about... An hour and a half ago, so uh, pretty tired, but uh, I'm excited to get the show rolling, man. I was going to say, no time off for you. You're like, God, that was such a long trip. Anyways, hockey. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, with that being said, speaking of hockey, we have a lot of it to talk about. So, we're going to start uh, the show by talking about the Florida Panthers, who are an, on an absolute heater right now. Uh, coming out of the All-Star break, they are on fire. Uh, in their last 10 games, they are 9-1-0, and and they have won 11 road games in a row. Uh, including five straight um, wins, and that's just in general, not on the road, but that's five straight wins for the Panthers. Uh, Andrew, this is your baby here, man. This is your second favorite team. You watch a ton of their games. What have you seen? What have you liked? Uh, Well, it'd be easier for me to tell you what I haven't liked because I've just been absolutely blown away as of late by this team. If you would have told me when my (laughs) wife and I started going to Panthers games back in – I believe it was 2016, 2017, when we were still living in Florida. I mean, they were bottom of the barrel, man. And no way in hell would I have been like, oh, yeah, less than 10 years. These guys are going to be cup favorites. I'm, I'm just absolutely blown away by now. They are so fun to watch. It's nice seeing not only them fill up the Amrit Bank Arena, which I've seen when they couldn't draw 5,000 fans to, and now they're selling it out. But on top of that, you look at the game they played against Tampa a couple days ago where they absolutely smoked them 9-2, to two, and a good portion of that arena was full of Panthers fans. You never used to see that. This is a completely different team, and this is a team that wants a championship. They want revenge and redemption 
for last year, and they are playing the kind of hockey that's going to get them there right now. You got, let's take a look at this right now. We got Sam Reinhart leading the team with 39 goals. This guy is someone of a different breed this season. You got Kachuk leading the team in assists with 44. Uh, he's a plus minus 14, but 44 assists nonetheless. I saw an interview not too long ago when he was starting to heat back up. Uh, it was a post game interview with Paul Maurice. And somebody asked him, how do you feel now that Kachuk's back? And Paul Maurice was like, he was never gone. He's he always been here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and just to touch on Kachuk, you mentioned the plus minus. He gets a lot of power play time from what I understand. I mean, that's got to be yes. a part of the reason that number's not higher. And I'm not saying he's a defensive guru and, and that, you know, he should have a higher plus minus. But guys that play on the power play that much, it's not uncommon to see a lower end plus minus. So I wouldn't put too much stock into that. But uh, from what I've seen of Florida, I mean, this is exactly the team we saw from March till June last year. Uh, They got healthy right after the trade deadline and they just took off and never looked back. They blew right through everybody they played in the playoffs all the way to the final and just ran into a, a team that was equally as good as them and was just able to edge them out in the Stanley Cup final. It's just kind of one of those things. But uh, at least from what I've seen, this definitely looks like a Panther team that can run it back and win the East again. I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I'm not being biased. You watch these games, the stats are there to support everything we're saying. Not only that, the goalie tandem that we have right now between Bob and Stoli is excellent. This is... I might get dragged for this, but I don't give a shit. I would compare this to Olmark and Swayman last year. Just the stretch that they're on right now. I'm not saying for the whole season. I'm just saying right now the stretch they're on, it's looking good. And if they continue on this pace, this is going to be an absolute bloodbath of a playoff season. And like I mentioned to you earlier before we started the show, the NHL season as a whole this year has been one of the most balls-to-the-wall seasons I've ever seen. Yeah, this uh, has been a good year to be a hockey fan. There's been an absurd amount of high-scoring games, and you know, if you're a fan of goaltending and tight-checking games, maybe this isn't your brand of hockey. But if you're like me, I love high-scoring games. I love high-intensity games. You know, no lead ever feels safe. This is my kind of season. Yeah, it it's been a lot of fun. These guys, there's so much energy that they bring to the game. Uh, Sam Reinhardt, I can't say enough good things about him. He's just been absolutely incredible to watch. It's a season nobody expected him to have. And I'm not saying that nobody thought he was capable of it. It's just not something that he's generally known for. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's leading the team in points. He's got 66 points on the season. So, Well, you hear I, you hear talked about on panel shows all the time, guy, you know, guys that have good hockey IQ and know the game well. Uh, Sam Reinhardt is right at the top of that list. Every pundit that talks about Sam Reinhardt talks about how well he sees the game and knows the game and – um, it's paying dividends for him finally. You know, the puck's going in the back of the net when it's on his stick, and uh, it's it's been a long time coming for him. You know, he was drafted second overall in 2014 by the Sabres. It never really panned out well for him there. It seemed like he'd be more of a third, fourth-line guy, and ever since he's come to Florida, he's just improved every single year, and now he's a bona fide superstar. And it's kind of ironic for the Panthers because the Panthers picked number one in 2014 and took Aaron Ekblad, so now they have the top two guys from that draft, and boy, is it looking great for them right now. They're, they're looking incredible, and I I don't know what it is lately about people coming to Florida and having success there. Must be something in the water. I obviously must not have been drinking the same water when I lived there. Cause, must have uh, been the lower taxes. Yeah, yeah, I 
I, I can't say enough good things about this team. They've been so fun to watch. When they blew out Tampa the other day, it's always a good day when Tampa loses. Sorry, Tampa fans. But that, that really warmed my heart. So I... Yeah, I, I've got really high hopes for this team, which can only mean that I'm probably going to be let down sooner or later because that's usually how my luck goes. But nope. Well, I guess time will tell. I mean, they're certainly going to make the playoffs, and they'll be either, from what it looks like right now, they're either going to win the division, or they, they might finish with the best record in the conference, or they'll be second in the Atlantic. Either way, um, I would not be surprised to see a deep run from them, but uh, in about two months we're going to find out, so I can't wait. Like I mentioned to you earlier, and I think we're on the same page with this, I'm hoping for a Vegas-Florida rematch in the cup final. And I, I, I think at at this exact point, the odds are in our favor for that. But we still got two more months of regular season to get through first oh, yeah. before we even worry about that. Yet. But speaking of playoffs, I do want to talk about a team that I personally think is going to make the playoffs this year. They've been flying under the radar a little bit this year. They've had spurts of excellence, and I think there's enough there that they they might not make a deep run, but I can certainly see them in the playoffs, and that's the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I know you're kind of in the same boat with me. It's been a pleasant surprise to see D- Detroit finally starting to show signs of coming out of this rebuild and ready to compete, and um, they're building something really good there, and it's looking like this year it may be enough to get them into the playoffs. I'm right there with you. I Hell, they won tonight in overtime uh, against the Kraken. Uh, ben Sherratt scored, I think it was like a minute into the game. Or, not into the game, into the overtime period. I'll be over here. Sorry, I'm jet-lagged. I uh, they, They've been really fun to watch lately. Um, I've been seeing a lot of scrutiny online about the gritty celebration. And I'm not... Uh, not to get off topic here, but I'm not understanding why all the hate towards it all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, I'm... I'm indifferent on it. I think this game needs more personality, and I think that yes. that that Wallman celebration. I think that's that's more of what, or the game needs more of that. Rather, we need more guys with personality. Uh, if there's one thing you can always say about hockey players, is that 75% of them really don't show enough personality on the ice. And not that that's a bad thing. Some of them are just serious players. No big deal. But this game needs a little more flair. That's how you bring in more fans and um, get the get the game spread out more. Is bringing some personality to it and uh, celebrate. Celebrations like that, maybe the old timers don't like them, but that's uh, it's that's what this generation of hockey is going to be. All these younger kids coming into the league now, they're going to bring that flair, that excitement to the game. So, not only do I think the game needs more of that, but I think we're going to start seeing more of that as time progresses. I certainly hope we start seeing more of it. Like you said, it brings a lot of personality to the game that the game's not known for having. And as far as old timers not being a fan of it, I don't want to sound crude. now. I was say I don't want to sound crude, but nobody gives a shit if you don't like it. Okay, it's it's not the '60s anymore. Yeah. It's a different it's a different generation of hockey, and I think it's exactly what we want to see moving forward. With that being said, the team's looking real good right now. You got Larkin leading the team in points with 49, uh, 24 of those are goals, and then uh, you got Lucas Raymond right behind him. Uh, he's got 30 assists, and he's been doing pretty well for them too. I was actually just listening to Empty Netters podcast this week, uh, and he was a guest on their show. That that was a pretty good one. They didn't really talk too much statistically. It was it was, it was a lot of dicking off, but uh, still still good episode nonetheless. He he's he's a good character. I think he's a good fit for Detroit. Uh, another big thing as of late is uh, Patrick Kane's return. 
which I think we are all glad to see. I'm not a Red Wings fan, but I do love Patrick Kane. And I should I get I should point out I don't dislike the Red Wings. I'm just not a Red Wings fan. Uh, but th- that's been a uh, big as of late is Kane's return. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I have no idea what his stats currently are. I don't know return. what his stats are off the top of my head, but I did see he just hit his 800th career assist. Um, yes, in today's game, so you know, good on him for that. He's when it's all said and done. I mean, he's easily on the Mount Rushmore of American hockey players. There's really no two ways about it. So, uh, as for Detroit, hey, I'm right there with you. They're 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 rolling along. They're six three and one in their last ten, including uh, winners of their last two. They had a couple stinkers last week against the Oilers and Canucks, but in fairness, a lot of teams have had stinkers against the Oilers and Canucks. And we're going to talk about the Canucks a little bit later because uh, as we're recording this, it is President's Day and the Canucks played a game against the Minnesota Wild earlier today and it was a barn burner. So we'll talk about that in a while. Um, But I wouldn't put too much stock in those tough losses that they had last week. They've been playing really great, consistent hockey, I would say most of the year. Um, And I'm excited to see where it goes, but I do think there's enough there to get them into the playoffs. So uh, we'll have to see how much that holds up when it's the middle of April, but we'll have that discussion at that time. We want to take this opportunity to mention our friends over at Buckapuck for ALS. Buckapuck for ALS is a not-for-profit organization founded by Toronto youth hockey players and moms who lost their coach to ALS in 2022. They've recently partnered with ALS Canada, and their goal is to raise $1 million towards a cure for ALS, or as it's often referred to, Lou Gehrig's disease. So how does it work? For every buck you raise, you shoot a puck. Whether it's at the rink, in the driveway, or on the lake, shoot your pucks, record it, and tag Buck-A-Puck for ALS. Participants who raise the most money will win amazing prizes, such as a coaching session with Toronto Maple Leafs assistant coach Dean Chinaweth, Toronto Marlies head coach, John Gruden, Maple Leafs tickets, signed NHL jerseys, iPhones, Xboxes, and more. So score big in your community and visit www.buckapuckforals.com to register or donate today. And be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram at buckapuckforals. Okay, so Andrew, we have talked about this off-air a thousand times We've mentioned it a few times on this show. We've been waiting for a fire sale to happen in Columbus. It hasn't quite happened yet, but the biggest piece of all the guys that need to be fired, it finally happened last week when the Jackets announced they relieved general manager Yarmo Kekalainen of his duties. Uh, Team president John Davidson will take over as interim GM until likely the end of the season. What are your immediate thoughts? Yay! Uh, Other than that... uh... That, that that that's it that, that those are my thoughts uh it's been a long time coming i don't want to discredit what he has done for the organization in years past uh especially 2019 they had that good good run that unexpected run against tampa in the first round of the playoffs where they swept them so i don't want to discredit what he has done but it, it just hasn't been working for him the last couple seasons it, it this was long overdue and it's not just what they need but it's a step in the right direction so it's funny you mentioned what he's done for this team, and I actually have a perfect tweet from Cap Friendly, um, and this will go over exactly what he did in his eleven years. It was almost exactly eleven years to the date that he was the general manager of the Blue Jackets. In his eleven years as the GM of the Jackets, Yarmo Kekalainen made seventy-nine trades. He drafted seventy-four players and signed two hundred fifty-one contracts, totaling one billion one hundred seventy-six million. 
$8,900 in total value. And what do the jackets have to show for it? Literally fucking nothing at all. And that's a problem. You just mentioned that it was a long time coming for him to be fired. Uh, I think that's exactly right on the nose. It is so frustrating to me, uh, as, as a hockey fan in general, how much leash this guy got. He was with the organization for 11 years. They had less than 10 total playoff wins, if I remember correctly, and they only won one playoff series in that entire in the entirety of that stretch, not counting the qualifying round against Toronto because that wasn't technically a playoff matchup. Um, essentially, this team wasted the last decade of its existence, and the only positive that has come from it is that because the game has grown so much, they still have a lot of fans going to their game. They have some of the best attendance on average in the league, and that speaks volumes to the fans in Columbus, but by that same mark, these fans deserve so much better than what they received from the 11 years that Kekalina was the GM, and this team needs a big turnaround this summer, and I'm glad that they finally made this firing because this was the biggest thing that's needed to happen for the team to really get going in the right direction i'm right there with you like i said this isn't the this isn't going to solve all their problems but this is the, oh, no. the first step in the right direction that they need to take and now i think it's gonna like we mentioned earlier on earlier episodes of the show this is gonna this this offseason it, it's gonna start rolling downhill they're, they're gonna start clearing house and i think this is the official holy shit it's coming and so, I think it's very important to note, sorry, I'll let you get back to that in a sec. It's very important to note that, like you said, there there's good pieces there, but yeah, they need to clean house. Absolutely. And I, like I said, I don't necessarily think the players on the ice are the problem. I mean, to an extent they are, but your front office is an absolute disaster. And that starts with the GM. So, like I said, step in the right direction. Like you had mentioned, these fans deserve so much more Time and time again, they're selling out games left and right, and these fans are paying money to show up and watch this team just get absolutely destroyed day after day, game after game. So it's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to the players either who have the potential to have amazing careers, and they're sitting here rotting in an organization who doesn't give a shit about them. Yep. And I think as much as Kekalina needed to go, John Davidson, the guy that hired him, also needs to be gone at the end of this season. And I totally think it was the right move to fire Kekalina before the deadline because you know with certainty that guy's yes. not going to be here after this season. Don't let him set him up, set you up for failure at the deadline. And not that he would try and you know undermine them, but go into this with a clean slate moving forward. Like I said, the Jackets have a lot of good pieces there. There's a lot of really good components that could make a great team here. You just need to clean house. You need a new coach. You need a new team president. You need a new GM. Well, and I'm, you know, you brought up the trade deadline thing with Kekalainen and I'm glad you did because I don't think him setting the team up. I don't think he was going to be at a point where he was going to do anything to screw the team. No, over, I don't think he's going to sabotage him. No, but he wasn't going to do anything to benefit him. I was, I'm willing to bet if he would have stuck around through the trade deadline, they weren't acquiring anybody before the trade deadline. It was just going to stay the same team it was, and they were just going to have the same results the rest of the way. And, and I'm not the saying. Problem. I well, I was going. You go ahead. All right, let's do rock paper scissors. We can. <laughs> we're not, go we'll ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, 
I'm not saying that one acquisition at the trade deadline is going to turn your whole season around anyway. It's not. But my point is the guy's just going to sit there a lame duck and not do anything at the trade deadline. And that just that's one more thing they got to work on in the offseason now. So I, I agree with you. It's good that they got rid of him before the trade deadline. Exactly. Yeah, he was he wasn't taking the team in any specific direction. If he was going to be their guy at the deadline, you know, he was all over the place. He had no plan really for the deadline. And I think that's almost worse than having a bad GM is having a GM that just doesn't have any plan. I mean, they've just been spinning tires for the last four years. They haven't made the playoffs any of these years. Uh, it's 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 been a mess there, and it's it's about time he's gone so they can finally start this. They can properly finish this rebuild. They're halfway through it, but they've just been spinning tires. They have a lot of really good players and the opportunity to make some great moves. They have a ton of cap space. Uh, they just need to get a guy that's committed to the team and committed to winning and who has a plan because from what it sounds like, Kekalainen was was almost interested in trying to buy at the deadline as if that would help the team. So uh, that's a scary thought to think that he was going to mortgage some of the future for seemingly nothing this season. Now, on a side note that's still related to the Blue Jackets but has nothing to do with what we're talking about, I just wanted to point out I was watching the game the other night where Boone Jenner scored with 12 seconds left in the game to give him the win over the Sharks, and I screamed very close to like a little girl. So uh, I thought that was really great. You didn't go Boone like all the fans do? Nah, see, I, I don't. I don't do that. It was the same thing in Boston. I wasn't. Uh, you weren't. You weren't chanting Took with. Yeah, players. when he would make a big save, and uh, don't you? Everybody knows that I absolutely love Tuka Rask. But no, I just. That's not me. I'll, I'll yell everything else in existence, mostly profanity. But I'm all forgetting You're not the, the game. Guy I just that, don't. Do that yells all the players' names that sound like ooh. Yeah, no, that, that that's just not me. And I don't knock anybody who does it, but it's just not me. Fair enough. So I, yeah, I. Before we move on, I just I wanted to mention the fact that this team can finally begin a healing process of sorts. I mean, we've said it a thousand times now that there's pieces there. They, there's something there. They have cap space. They have great prospects. There's quite a few already established players on this team. Let's get a crew in here that can put something together with this and not just have a disorganized group on the ice. I'm with you. I uh... It's hard to it's hard to talk too much on this because we're pretty much on the exact same page. So I don't really have a whole lot to counter you with because I mean you're saying what's in my head. Yeah, we've both been bitching about this all season. So I think it's yeah, it's more like uh, finally we get to you know say our piece on this now that it happened. Yeah, and I mean it, again, if nothing else, do it for your fans, man. You you have they have such a loyal fan base there, and you and I witnessed it firsthand when we went to that game against the Hawks back in November. Yeah. That 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 house was packed for yeah, that, that game. And it was two of the worst teams in the league, and it was sold out. So if nothing else, do it for your fans. They deserve better. Speaking of the Hawks, uh, Connor Bedard, we you know we talked about his injury and. Uh, and I called it for a while and you did call it. He came back uh, about three, two, three weeks ahead of schedule. Uh, he's got three points in his first two games back. So uh, good on him. And it's looking like now, since he's already back, I think that uh, rookie of the year race is pretty well locked up. Uh, I don't think it'll, it'll matter what Brock Faber does the rest of the way. Now that Bedard's back and he's still scoring and he still leads the scoring race. Uh, I think this is pretty well done in his favor, unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah, I I mean, he came back, and it, he looks like he didn't even miss a day. He, he looks like the same Connor Bedard. So, uh, like you said, 
the uh, Calder Trophy is pretty much locked up. And again, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, I think there's a small bias there as far as the league goes towards Bedard. But I'm, he he's absolutely deserving of it. But I mean, so so is Brock Faber. I I don't I don't want to discredit discredit what Brock. I don't Faber's either. Doing. But I yeah. in in all reality, I I think Brock Faber would have a better chance of winning the Norris this year than winning the Calder. I think Bedard he's the only good player on a team that's so god awfully bad. I think the fact that he's leading all rookies in scoring, despite that, and um, you know he was able to come back two, three weeks ahead of schedule from an injury. I, I think that just speaks volumes about his character and his will to play and uh, assuming he's going to finish the with the rookie scoring lead. So I think this Calder Trophy is all but his. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, should be a fun run the West, rest of the way. Uh, we'll see where it ends up, and I'm, I know we're going to talk about it once it's handed out in the summer. So. so now I don't know how we missed this on our show last week because it happened literally the night before. Uh, not – not this past Saturday, but a week before this past Saturday, there was a game between the Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs that ended with Ridley Gregg taking a slap shot into the empty net at the end of the game, and Morgan Riley from the Leafs absolutely hits him in the head with a devastating cross-check. Uh, end result of that is a five-game suspension for Morgan Riley. Luckily, it seemed like no uh, serious injuries to Ridley Gregg, which is good to hear. Uh, Riley got five games suspended, and I believe has already served four of them. Uh, he tried to appeal the suspension, and if Commissioner Bettman rules that he'll take a game off of it, Morgan Riley would be eligible to play in the Leafs' next game. If not, he'll be playing later this week. Um, we're way behind every other show on the planet with this, but what were your thoughts on the hit, the slap shot, the outcome, the suspension? What are you thinking? So I've got some pretty strong opinions on this. As far as the actual slap shot into the empty net, that there's un- there's unwritten rules in hockey, and that's that's a pretty big one to break. Uh, it's pr- pretty much common sense you don't do that. I understand the energy on the ice. You're excited. You're getting the win, but you don't do that. Now, does it warrant a cross-check to the head or the neck, especially of that caliber? Absolutely not. I think Morgan Riley's a punk bitch. For that, I it, it kind of pissed me off. I I want to clarify. I 100% get and support going after the guy. That that is absolutely warranted. Cross checking him to the head, that's ridiculous. No place for that kind of shit. I mean that that anything to the head has the potential to be serious. So no, I think that's bullshit. I think the fact I think he's lucky that he only got five games for that, especially because when I heard they were doing an in-person here, and I thought he was getting at least six for that. Um, but again, to an extent, I get it. You broke an unwritten rule. At the same time, go after the guy, rough him up, fine. You don't cross-check somebody to the head. That's horse shit. Yeah, my my thoughts on it is this: is that first of all, yeah, that's one of the big unwritten rules. I mean, the the empty net goal that's basically guaranteed. He's twenty feet from the net; just walk it, and you don't have to, you know, drive a cruise missile through the back of the net. But the response from Riley, and again, he's a first time offender as far as uh, dirty hits like this go. So I'm assuming that's why he only got five games. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the response either. I think in a situation like that, you absolutely need to go after the guy. You need to rough him up or, you know, if you're cross checking him, you know, cross check to the, you know, to the hip or, you know, whatever, um, or try and get him to fight, try and get him to drop the gloves. But yeah, cross checking him in the back of the head or side of the head, whatever it was, uh, is not the appropriate response there. There's so many other ways they could have handled that. That would have been correct. And I certainly think that 
that was definitely not the right choice. And I would also like to take this opportunity to say shame on Ryan Reeves for yes. doing virtually yes. nothing about it. It's the one thing this guy's good at. He can't play hockey worth shit. And it's the one thing that he's good at doing. And he goes out there and does literally nothing. If I'm the other players in that Leafs locker room, I'm pissed that our only guy who can fight goes out there and does literally nothing after the other, after one of our biggest rivals shows us up like that. That's, that's, that's the worst part of this is for, for me, aside from the the cross check to the head being brutal, that's the worst part of this for me is that there was freaking no response from the Leafs. I'm so happy you said that. Ryan Reed, he he did absolutely nothing after that, like you said, but he was quick as hell to start running his mouth in the post game interview after that game, saying yep. how Morgan Riley. Oh, in my day, he'd directly. be on the ice still. Yeah, my God, yeah. calm down. You've been in the league for like ten years. Yeah, and you're irrelevant. You're on the Leafs. All you're good for is being a goon. Yeah. You're, other than that, you're irrelevant out there. Well, Nobody he cares about you. followed that up with, uh, with being a giant sissy against the Ducks on Saturday night, too. He had 10 opportunities to try and fight Radko Gudis and took none of them. He, he didn't fight anybody, from what I can recall. Uh, he was brought in to do one thing, and he's not doing the one thing they brought him in for. So just a really, really horrible look for the Leafs overall. But because they've been playing so well, it's kind of overshadowed that. Yes, I agree. And uh, the Leafs, and I know we're going to get into that shortly, primarily Austin Matthews, but yeah, the the Leafs playing well has overshadowed it, but that was something that we couldn't not talk about. I've been dying to talk about it all week because it's really just pissed me off. I, I It was a cheap shot. There's other ways to go after a guy. Yeah. I mean, that's why fighting's in the league. So And good on the sense for not going ape shit and just making it an all-out you know, brawl because that could have gotten really ugly. So good on them for holding their composure, but at the same time for Ridley Gregg, man, you got to understand, sure, you're, you're more than welcome to make a you know big cocky play like that, but you got to understand there's going to be a response, although it shouldn't have been that. Um, but we'll, we'll move on here because we have to get into our tough look of the week, which is multiple tough looks. Who's that brought to us by? Boy, you can't tell this was rehearsed, can you? <laughs> it wasn't. Tough That's look. the best part. <laughs> yeah. As always, Tough Look is brought to you by Lighting's Property Management out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. For all your lawn care, landscaping, and snow removal needs, give Lighting's a call. They do it all. That's the What's part our that's tough rehearsed. Look? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's the part that's rehearsed. But, you know, they're, they're good to us, so we got to be good to them, you know? All right, let me get out my CVS receipt worth of Tough Looks here. <laughs> all right so the initial one this was going to be the only tough look of the week was the nashville predators 9-2 loss to dallas earlier this week that game from the get-go was bad i think dallas had four goals before nashville had a shot which is ooh, rough yeah. but we're we're gonna get into the preds in a little bit because after that happened on saturday night the ducks suffered a 9-2 loss at the hands of the aforementioned toronto maple leafs and the tampa bay lightning suffered a loss of nine to two at the hands of the Florida Panthers and the Vancouver Canucks this afternoon were up five, two against the Minnesota wild going into, or sorry, they were up five, three going into the third period and lost the game 10 to seven. They allowed seven goals in the third period against the wild. And I just want to take this chance to shout out my Minnesota wild for absolutely burning the building down to the third period and (laughs) filling in the net hat tricks from Erickson, Eck and Kaprizov, uh, Four-point night for Boldy. Uh, They've been looking to get their top guys going, and all three of them have been electric lately. If they can start getting some consistent goaltending, buckle up. 
And I just want to point out to everybody that he read absolutely none of that off a stat sheet. That I was literally watching him yeah. read it just off the top of his head, or just speak it off the top of his head. Oh man, that was such a fun game. We turned it. We had. We didn't watch the last half of the second period because we turned back. We had a friend over and we watched the the end of the Bruins and Stars game today. So we had our, uh, our friend over and we were just watching that. We flipped back to the Wild game and it's like, holy shit, they just scored, you know, they scored what ended up being six goals in five and a half minutes at one point of the third period or the end of the second through the beginning of the third, which is just unreal. So um, let's get back to our, our tough look here, which originally was going to be Nashville. They they suffer that big loss and then you know they go and beat St. Louis, which is a great response. But where do they go from here? I mean, we've talked about them wanting to trade the or maybe needing to trade the goalie, and we don't want them to trade the goalie Saros. But if you're Barry Trotz and this is your team and you need to make a move at the deadline, are you buying? Are you selling? I mean, after a week that's on both ends of the spectrum like that, what what the hell do you do? It's a tough. It's tough to say because as far as trading out Saros, I mean, you you have Askarov down in Milwaukee, but you don't want to take him away from Milwaukee with the absolute tear that they're on right now. Um, it, it's tough to say. My, my philosophy, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but write it out, man. Just write it out. I mean, what what else are you doing at this point? I mean, no, no decision. There's going to be cons to whatever route they take. So, like I said, it's hard to say. That's fair. And I think that's a perfect perfect way to put it. I think standing pad is what they need to do because ultimately it doesn't look like if they get into the playoffs, this doesn't really look like a team that it's got – that has what it takes to win the Stanley Cup, and I know any team can win once you get in. I mean, look at the Panthers last year. But this really does not look like a group that's going to go on a hot run and run through the entire league the next four months. Uh, I think standing pat at the deadline, you know, if you think you can make the playoffs with this group, great, stick with it, but don't mortgage your future by trading trading away draft picks and prospects. And, again, if you really think you can make it, you're not going to trade away your number one goalie. So I'm kind of with you there. I think they should stand pat, but between now and the trade deadline, if they start losing, you know, two of three the next couple weeks, you know, every three-game section they're losing two, I think that's when you might see them start to sell off some assets and and just kind of look to reload for next year. Okay, so moving on, uh, we're going to talk about a couple guys who have been on an absolute scoring tear this year. Uh, we're going to talk about Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. Uh, we'll get to Connor first, who is at one point in this season was 67th in league scoring and is now third in league scoring. He also leads the league in assists. Uh, Connor McDavid, 12 points in his last four games, which did include one game where he had six points, which is just unreal it just seems like every time we watch this guy there's there's literally nothing he can't do um you know anytime you think there's a ceiling for him he just bursts right through it he's just such an incredibly talented player and i think you could talk about this guy till you're blue in the face but um there there's just no stopping this guy it just no matter what any team does even the nights they get killed it seems like he's got it seems like he's got a couple points on the score sheet yeah, I this guy, no matter how you look at it, he's modern-day Wayne Gretzky. The way he plays, his speed, he's an assist wizard. Guy, good Lord, guy's got 60 assists on the season. He's leading the team right now in points, I believe he's got. Oh, yeah, by a, by like, a like, country mile. Yeah, I, was, I think he's got like 81 or 82 points. Yeah. Um, 
and and he's not even leading the team in goals. I think that's worth pointing out. No, I think uh, that's that honor Zach belongs Hyman. to their, yeah Hyman or Drysaddle would have been my guess. Yeah, so yeah, it's Hyman. It's Hyman. Okay, yeah, Hyman's got thirty-two, according to this. Yeah, um, yeah, McDavid's got eighty-one points. Hyman's got thirty-two goals, uh, and McDavid, I should point out, only has twenty-one goals. Yeah, he's he, he's just the, he's the ultimate playmaker. He is like a modern Gretzky. I mean, there's there's nobody he can't make a pass to. He'll find he'll make you open if you aren't open. He's just he's just unreal. And I think we're really lucky as hockey fans to be living in this era where we get to watch arguably the most talented player in the history of this game do his thing. Um, that that's exactly it. Don't and don't be one of those fans. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the hockey community as a whole don't be one of those fans where you're so bitter against him being successful that you're not taking the time to appreciate watching this because this is a once in a lifetime thing that you're seeing yeah oh, well i technically twice in a li- lifetime if we include how awesome matthews has been playing but i was gonna say speaking of players people get bitter about you want to talk about a guy that's a generational talent austin matthews uh leads the league by in goals by a mile he's 49 goals he's got six hat tricks this season in the same way mcdavid can make guys open that aren't open matthews has never seen a, an angle where he couldn't score from this guy's shot is lethal he's just so good his release is so good uh, he's great on the power play. He's great on five on five. He's got an excellent one timer. His wrist shot release is just unreal. I, I mean, he's so good at scoring goals that you look at his face after he scores, and he doesn't even look excited anymore because he's just expecting them all to go in. He's he's just such a gifted player, and it's really cool to see what he does. I mean, he, it just it doesn't look difficult for him. He gets open. He he finds ways to get open, and he's got guys like Marner and Nylander out there with him that are going to get him the puck, and he just does not miss. Yeah, he's insane, and when I, back to my thing about don't be so bitter you can't appreciate him, that's where I'm struggling too because as a Bruins and a Panthers fan, I do not like the Toronto Maple Leafs at all. And I, I never wish them success. Uh, but that's just out of rivalry. Austin Matthews, I mean... God, what did, what's he at? He's at 49 now, I believe, for goals. 49. He's on pace for 75 goals, which hasn't happened since 1993. And yeah. in 93, it was Tamu Solani and Alexander McGillney, who both put up 76 goals that year, which is unreal that two guys did that in one year. But uh, I really hope Matthews continues on this tear because I would love to see someone get 70 goals. Yeah. It's also worth noting that he has 73 points with 49 goals and 24 assists. So, a little unreal. He's got six hat tricks now on the season. He's the first to do it since Mario Lemieux back in the 90s. Just absolutely unreal. Like I said earlier, the hockey that we are seeing this season, not just with the Leafs, but league-wide, is absolutely insane. And if you're not letting yourself enjoy that, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're choosing to be stubborn and, and being a curmudgeon about this, it's got to suck to be you because this is some of the best hockey that the planet has ever seen. I mean, this is just so exciting, and I really can't wait for the international play to start next year and at the Olympics in 26 because there are some really great players in the NHL right now, and I cannot wait to see these U.S.-Canada matchups. They're going to be so great. I mean, I'm, that's one thing I'm excited for. We're going to have Austin Matthews on Team USA, so I'm ecstatic about that. So, I mean, more than likely, cap. that's where the captaincy is going for that team as well. So, 
Yeah, I think once Tavares is done, I would think it's it's going to be Matthews or, um, but that that's a team that they they got to figure out something for the defense. They got too much talent to not be uh, succeeding in the playoffs. They got to get go- consistent goaltending and and get somebody other than Morgan Riley that can play defense on that team. And I'm not talking about Jake McCabe because he's not. He's not the guy that pushes you over the top. He's a great defenseman, but that's they need much more than just him if they're going to do any damage. God, man. Tyler Bertuzzi is just hideous. This guy looks like he would rob you. Sorry, I'm just... Uh, I was going to say, that was not the direction I thought you were going at all. I thought you were going to say he's having a bad season. I didn't know you were going to no, call him no, up. No, 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 no. Well, no, I, went, I didn't even mean to bring him up. I was just... Um, I was looking over uh, Matthew's stat sheet over here, and uh, this picture they have of him, it's got him and Marner and then Bertuzzi, and Bertuzzi is just... Oof. Yeah. Great great player, though. Just, uh, you know... A little rough around the edges. He he looks like uh, he he'd be the burglar in Home Alone Four. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but All I right. digress. Let's uh, let's move on here. We talked about one of your teams earlier, the Florida Panthers, who, by all accounts, are just having oh, the boy. season of a lifetime. Uh, there was another team that you like slightly more than them that plays in Boston, Massachusetts, and since the All Star break, they have been anything but good. Uh, they are two and five since coming out of the All Star break, uh, and that has included losses to the likes of Calgary and Washington, who are struggling this year, as well as L.A., who's been just a, you know, a crashing plane the second half of this season. You watch almost all their games. You know a hell of a lot more about the team than I do. What are you seeing that's so vastly different now compared to the start of the season when it seemed like they couldn't lose? There's not. There's something missing chemistry-wise. Um, the first thing I want to point out is David Posternock leads the team in everything. Goals, assists, points, it's all David Posternock. Well, he's their best player. Yeah, he, and I'm not denying that at all. I'm, you're just, I'm not seeing a lot of step-up from your usual big names on that team. Charlie McAvoy, Charlie Coyle, Brad Marchand. It's just, and I, you know, if I'm being honest, I think the... You know, they came into the season, they were highly motivated. It's our first year without Bergeron. How different is this going to be? We can't let this affect us. I, If I'm being 100% honest, I think not having Bergeron is starting to take a toll on the team. I really, truly believe that. And I'm not faulting Brad Marchand for it because I, I think he's doing fine as the captain. Um, yeah, but, but when you some... lose a guy that's 60% on the faceoff, I mean, yeah. eventually you have to expect some regression. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's just, like I said, something chemistry-wise is not there, and I'm having a hard time figuring out what it is. The goalie tandem, there's a lot of inconsistency, more so on the part of Linus Olmark than Jeremy Swayman. Honestly, uh, you and I talked about it earlier. If it wasn't for Swayman today, the Bruins would have lost that game like 10-2. to Yeah, so, allowing 45 shots on goal is usually not a winning yeah. formula, but I'm sure they're glad they walked away with the two points today. Yeah, no, I, like I said, a win is a win, but I was seeing people on – Facebook and all social media and online saying, great win, boys. No, it wasn't. It, it, it was barely a win. It's not something to be proud of. You, you looked bad out there. It, it, it's not a good look. The, the last several games, since we came back from the All-Star break, this team's been tough to watch. It's like they just stopped caring once the All-Star break rolled around, like they thought they were going to be able to just skate away with the rest of the season and be fine. Now, my question for you, and again, I have I don't follow the Bruins closely enough to know this off the top of my head, 
Uh, have have uh, Matt Patra and John Beecher been playing? So I feel like I haven't seen them on a score sheet or a highlight in months. No, Patra went down. Um, they sent him down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me just confirm that real quick. I'm pretty sure. I know they sent him down. I don't know if they called him back. Remember when? Okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, and what about Beecher? I, I feel like he hasn't played a game for them in a while. And no. at the start of this year, when they had that great run, those were the names I was seeing. Was boy, these two prospects from Boston are really helping them fill out the depth down the middle that they lost with Krejci and Bergeron leaving. So yeah, Beecher, I haven't seen anything from, and or he hasn't hardly played. And who's this guy that we got? Oh, what's his name? Bruiser LaRue. Uh, Justin Brazo. Uh, he got his first NHL goal today, and they just inked him to a contract, too, today. So um, I'm hoping. I mean, he actually looked pretty good today. So, I mean, aside from his goal. Uh, so I have high hopes for that, but we'll see where that goes. But, I mean, you got, let's see, we got Danton Heinen has actually been a surprisingly good presence this year i wasn't super excited when they announced he was coming back this year um but i'm getting a little bit off topic yeah so it's it's showing that uh petrus is down or is on the roster right now but i haven't seen him so i don't know what's going on there but we got guys that their name you hear the names like kevin shattenkirk james van reeves reeves dyke like these are what at one point were household names in the nhl and now they're just kind of I don't want to say lame ducks, but they haven't done anything for us, especially since the all-star break. Yeah. So the, the Bruins did put quite the, uh, quite the squad together this year. If this, if they had this team 10 years ago, it'd be one of the best teams in the league. Right. And just to give you an idea of how credible their roster actually is, they still have Milan Lucic on, uh, on their roster. No, I, I just saw that he's not going to be returning to the team, though. I, no, I he's not. If it was th- uh, 32 Thoughts, I heard it on, but he is not going to be rejoined. No, it was uh, Daily Faceoff uh, with Frank Saravalli. I They said he's, or he announced that he's not returning the team or the club announced it. So that's the right thing. That situation is just, and we're not going to even get into that a little bit, but that whole domestic dispute thing he had at it's yeah, it's a mess. So I think not having him on the team is the right thing to do. Uh, this the club has struggled enough the past few weeks. You don't need to bring add add fuel to the fire by bringing drama into it. Um, yeah, but with that being said, though, we won't speak too much on the Lucic situation. Uh, it's not really it's not really our place as of right now. Um, but back to the Bruins' performance as of late, lackluster performance, I should say, as of late. Um. You know, the defense has been falling apart. That That's one of the biggest things. And it doesn't make sense because on paper, our defense is pretty solid. So I'm not understanding it. We got two good goaltenders. We have a Vesna goaltender on our team. And yet right now he's the most inconsistent of the two. So I I don't know if it's a locker room thing. I, I, it's tough to say, but it's getting really hard to watch. Watching their game against Dallas today, the chemistry just seemed terrible. I can't tell you. I lost count of how many horribly missed passes there were in the offensive zone, how many passes out to the point where nobody was there, and so Puck comes out into the neutral zone. And, uh, I, you know, I, I spent most of the third period watching Charlie McAvoy chase the puck back down the ice because somebody threw it from behind the goal line out to the blue line and he wasn't there. Uh, I, that's got to stop for Boston, a team that – 
is usually known for playing a really well-rounded game uh, to, to just be throwing passes left and right with nobody home to pick him up is it's it's really tough to watch and it's as a fan of the team I can't imagine it's a, it's very exciting no it's not and you know I'll be the first to admit I had as far as today's game goes I had to watch the highlights before we started doing the show because I was flying home from Los Angeles when they were playing so I didn't get to actually watch the game as it happened but just all it's just sloppy play all over the ice. So that I don't know what's going on in that locker room, but they need to figure it the fuck out. Um, and you know, Boston fans, when they get angry, things get ugly. So mostly between themselves. I was gonna say. Yeah, I was say if you remember the twenty, I was say the twenty nineteen Stanley Cup Final Game Seven, they were beating the shit out of each other in the stands. Now they didn't burn down I, the city like Vancouver. Correct, and I'm a Bruins fan, but I'm not from Massachusetts, so uh, they're they're a different breed over there. You're, you're saying Take that, that you're safe you from their from collateral damage, then? Absolutely, yes. So, um, like I said, I you know they're my team. I love them no matter what, but they they got to get their shit together. This is ridiculous, and I I don't want to see it get to a point where they tank themselves into a low seed in the playoffs or just shit the bed and miss the playoffs. I I don't see that happening yeah, at this point, say, I, but I think there's too much talent there. I mean, even if they falter, they're going to back into a playoff spot regardless. I hope so, man. I just, it, it's just aggravating. They had such a hot start to the season and then to see them come out of the all-star break and play like a high school team, it's rough to watch. And so, I mean, even the, the other night when they uh, honored Brad Marchand, um, I thought they honored him today. No, they honored him the other night too. I forgot oh. what the fuck that was. I forgot what that was for. Or no, they didn't honor him. It, no, it what they didn't honor him. It was his one thousandth game oh, the other night. Okay. There was no emotion or motivation on that team anywhere on the ice. It was a very boring game. It wasn't exciting. Marshawn himself didn't really do anything. It it was just a tough look all around. That was like the Penguins retiring uh, Yager's number, and the Pens go out and fall flat on their face, lose two to one. Yeah, but yeah, you know, we got some pretty cool remarks out of Yager and his. Yeah, that was really his nineteen-year-old girlfriend. Uniform. I, 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 you know, I'm not a Penguins fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it was fun to watch him and Sid and Gino and and Latang get out on the ice, and Gino wearing the mullet. I, they, they all had a lot of fun with it, and. Um, Yager was like watching a little kid in a, in a sandbox. He was just having the time of his life. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I think everybody liked seeing that. I've, I've been watching all the videos on Instagram. It's been great. So, uh, final thing we want to get into, we usually don't talk too much about politics and stuff, but I think this is important because it, it does relate back to hockey is, uh, a group of 17 current and former uh, Russian NHL players uh, penned a letter to the International Ice Hockey Federation um, with the goal of trying to get the Russians back into international play. I think specifically they were, you know, trying to get back into the uh, world championship this year in uh, what is it, April or May. And the reason that they are not allowed in these tournaments as, as of the last few years is because of the ongoing situation in Ukraine. And of course, like I said, we don't want to talk politics. I don't want to get into that aspect of it. Um, but we kind of have to, because it relates to hockey, what are your thoughts? And do you think that the Russians should be allowed in international play? Yes. 
I, I think they should <laughs> just do <laughs> just do a, a Ron Sano. Just yes, and then we'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, I do think they should be allowed in. Um, I don't like that extremely talented players, especially out of Russia. I mean, Russia produces some of the best hockey players in the world. Aren't getting to showcase themselves on the international stage because of decisions that are being made by a government that these players have nothing to do with themselves. I mean, that they're other than the fact that they are just from Russia, they're being punished based off the. And I know it's not the players that are technically being punished; they're punishing Russia as a whole. Which I, but, I think is is total bullshit because you're you're penalizing players from a game for something that a group of, that a corrupt. You're you're penalizing the players for something that's the fault of a corrupt government overseas, and I think that's horseshit. This has nothing yes. to do with the players. Exactly, and that's exactly my point. Why are we bringing the players into this? Let them. They have nothing to do with this. They're just trying to go to work, and they I don't mean, want to make any comments on the matter because you know a lot of those guys still have family overseas in Russia. They make a comment speaking out against the war. There's a good chance that. You know, well, you know what will happen to their families with how it is over in Russia. And again, absolutely. I don't want to dive into politics because that's not what this show is at all. But I think it's absolute, absolutely disgusting that these wonderfully talented players are being held back from international competition for something that is not their fault at all. Yeah, you said that a lot better than I would have because I'm, I'm trying to word it so I'm not going on a profanity-laced rant right now. And I'm trying to hold myself back so I don't get my blood pressure too high, but it is really annoying. As you said, some of the best players in the world are from Russia. Alex Ovechkin, who may finish his career, his career as the um, league's leading goal scorer in NHL history, uh, to have players like him, to have players like Kucherov, Kaprizov, Kuznetsov, a lot of really talented players – not in international play because of something that's totally unrelated to hockey, I think it's completely unfair. Uh, they should be allowed in the World Championships. They should be allowed in the World Junior Championships. They should be allowed in the Olympics and so on. Uh, I think, and they're not even allowed in the Four Nations face-off, and that's, that's so stupid. It's so stupid that a sports league, it's a fucking game, and these guys aren't allowed to play because of something that is 0% their fault. That's exactly it. You know, they're they're trying to punish Russia. The actual Russian government, I probably doesn't give a shit about this. The only people you're actually punishing out of this are the players who have done nothing wrong. Again, which we've said multiple times now already. But it's horseshit. It's not fair to them. And most importantly, I shouldn't say most importantly, but in addition to not being fair to the players, it's not fair to the fans, both of the NHL and on an international basis. It's horseshit. Yeah, it's it's brutal. I mean. The last time Russians were in international play was the last time Russian NHL players were in international play was what the World Cup in 2016. So eight yeah. plus years, and I think oh they were at the World Championships I guess the last few years before the Ukraine war started, but um, they didn't let them participate in the Olympics at least not like yeah, under no, Russia. The, what was it the what was it the 2022 Olympics? Yeah, it was what was the the Olympic athletes from Russia or whatever yeah. they called that group, but it couldn't yes. just be Russia. And again, all of these things, not just hockey, but all of those winter sports, they're fucking games. These athletes should not have their lives impacted because of a corrupt government that has nothing to do with their sport. I think that's total garbage. Yeah. It's, it's similar to the separation of church and state. Keep the government and the game separate. 
Yeah, and, and I apologize to those listening if, if you weren't kind of, kind of expecting this to go on such an aggressive tangent here, but this was something that as soon as I saw it come out, I knew instantly I had to make a comment because I felt very passionately about this for year or for a couple of years now, um, that the that Russian athletes are being held hostage by these leagues for something that just has nothing to do with them. It's just It's just such a messed up situation. Well, and aside from that, too, you, you know, you mentioned Kuznetsov, Kaprizov, Ovechkin, guys like that. You know, I should mention Ovechkin, Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky, yeah. Especially with Ovechkin, you know, you know, a lot of those guys are younger, like Kaprizov. Vasilevsky's not, he's not, uh, you know, he's not 22, but he's not old. But, I mean, my thing is, these guys aren't getting any younger and we're not getting to see them showcase their skills on the international stage. We've seen Ovechkin do it before, but he should still be able to do that now, especially coming towards the end of one of the most historic careers in NHL history. I, it, It's just ridiculous. Yep. So we're going to... With that, I think we're going to wrap the show up again. I, that was just something I knew we, we I had to bring up. It's something I wanted to talk about from the moment I saw it. So... I'm glad we did, but we're going to wrap the show up here. Uh, Andrew, thank you for coming on and doing the show after your long day of travel. I know you want to get rested up and everything, but uh, I'm glad we got to do this. There was quite a few things we wanted to talk to. It was, I felt it was a little more of an unconventional show compared to what you know what you should expect from us going forward. But it was just a, such a chaotic week. It seems like every week has just been kind of crazy the last few weeks. So picked the perfect time to start doing a podcast, but. Also, with that in mind, it's it's been just so nuts every week. Yeah, I, it's uh, it definitely we definitely had to hit the ground running, which is not what I was um, expecting. I thought it was going to be a little more lax than this, but I have no complaints. I do especially want to say thank you to everybody who has tuned in so far. This has been really fun for both of us, as we hope it has been for you, and we're looking forward to keeping this thing going for a long time. It's been a lot of fun, and we got big plans in store for it. Um, Brian, do you have anything else before I uh, give my little spiel here? No, I, I think uh, you, you touched on everything I, I wanted to. I do want to thank everybody that listens. Um, it was, it, It's definitely something that I knew we would have fun with, um, but I didn't think that... Uh, I didn't think we'd get so many, you know, listeners right away. And I'm not saying we, we have hundreds of thousands, but, you know, we've had a couple hundred people listen to this now, and I think that's really great. And so we appreciate every single one of you that is tuned in for this because uh, we want you to be as passionate about listening to this show as we are about doing it. So thank you very much for tuning in. Nicely said, sir. Uh, with all that being said, uh, make sure for next week's episode, you guys tune in where we will have our first guest who, for this exact moment, will rename Nameless. Uh, we will release that information later on this week, but we're pretty excited about it. He's got a good hockey background. It should be a really good, fun show, and we're really looking forward to having him on, so you guys aren't going to want to miss it. And don't forget, a week from Friday, we are going to be in Nashville, so you will want to be following us on social media because we are going to do some stuff while we're over there. So, uh, Andrew, why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can do that. You can find us on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram at Fresh Ice Hockey Podcast, as well as Twitter or X or whatever the hell you want to call it at Fresh Ice Hockey. With that being said, thank you everybody for tuning in this week. We're excited for next week. We'll see you then. Take care and comb your hair.